Welcome to Kevin Connor's podcast. This 24-part series on interpreting the book of Revelation was given at Tungling Bible College in Singapore back in 2002. Be sure to get a copy of the textbook by the same title, available from Amazon in your region in paperback and ebook formats, or as an immediate PDF download from the shop at kevinconnor.org. Land sheets, which we need to go to now, because we're just going to hold, before we go on to chapter 11, just pardon my voice here a little bit. So, uh, two books I'd like to give a plug for. I'd like to encourage you, I haven't got this, there's four textbooks that I've done on, uh, on this. This one on Revelation here is the Hermeneutics. And so, well, uh, because originally I had all these in one book, and the book turned out about that wide. <laughs> so uh, I thought, that, that'll be no good, I can't do that. So put them in a separate book. So this book, the importance of this is, people say, well, Karen, how do you come up with this uh, a commentary, verse-by-verse verse exposition? These are the hermeneutical principles, this is how. And there's a lot of gold in there, even if I say it myself. It does deal with the different views. So if you haven't got that, I'd recommend you get the whole set and read them between now and the millennium, unless you're the millennium. The one I'm dealing particularly with now, and I'm going to spend this whole session, is on the 70-week prophecy. And in this book, I deal with the three major views. And I'm going to have to do that a wee little bit before I continue on, because as I said, I don't want to take uh, too much of your valuable time or my valuable time. But uh, at the back of this one, I've sort of put a diagram there of the view I hold, and then what I'm going to touch uh, briefly on here is just the three major views, uh, which I refer to as the dispensational and then the amillennial view, and what I call myself a Christian millennial view. So strongly recommend, not because I'm, I'm trying to sell you books or anything like that, but just because uh, this is the approach that I'm taking, and I'm not the only one on this school. So uh, rush and buy your copy while they're available. <laughs> Was that a pretty good commercial? <laughs> uh, stick to the Bible, not very good on commercials. <clears throat> but uh, I would encourage you to buy the set if you can, or ask somebody else. Take their money, do something. <laughs> Alright, now what I want to do in this session, is, uh, as I said, it's going to be a whole session on the 70-week prophecy because before moving into chapter 11, 12, 13 onwards, which we want to do, uh, because of the eschatological controversy of this, I need to say, just spend the one session on the major views and then say, well, okay, whichever view you hold or your friends or enemies hold, so this is why Kevin kind of believes what he does. So I want to start off with uh, having you turn to Daniel chapter 9. Uh, is everybody basically with me so far? At least you see my line of reasoning, do you? Yes. And that's what I, I want to feel sure on. And you know, I'm trying to do in a week what uh, took me 54 years to write that book. <laughs> okay, turn over to Daniel chapter 9. Now we've looked at Daniel chapter 12. And we compared Daniel chapter 12 uh, with Revelation 10. Now we're going to look at Daniel 9, and then that's going to lead us into Revelation 11, 12, and 13. Okay, so um, Daniel chapter 9. <coughs> uh, by the way, what, what basic translation we've got here? How many have got old, old authorized, old King James? Okay, uh, I, I've got a dual Bible that has uh, old and new uh, on each side. Um, 
using the new one, get rid of all of these and thous and dusses and dimes and woodish and shooters and goodest and goodest <laughs> and all that type of thing. Okay. Uh, how many have got New King James? Uh, how many have got NIV? I'll forgive you. How many have got <laughs> How many have got amplified? How many have got petrified? How many have got horrified? One time we could read the Bible together and all get to heaven at the same time. No way now. Right, so uh, for study purposes, I use old uh, authorized because uh, so many of the textbooks today are all geared to Strong's Concordance, uh, Strong's numbering system, and Strong's numbering system is geared to this. So until Jesus comes, I'll be studying for my study paper, but, but uh, for public reading, uh, New King James is a, a good translation, and uh, yeah, we won't get into that, because you've got to understand these things in between. Word for word translations, dynamic equivalent, uh, which is thought for thought, which is NIV, and a few other translations, then paraphrases. Don't take your theology from your paraphrases, whatever you do. Okay, Daniel chapter 9 now. And we're reading Daniel chapter 9 and spending a session on this in preparation for Revelation 11, 12, 13 onwards. Okay, you'll see why. Go down to um, verse 24 of Daniel 9. 70 weeks, or literally 77. If you might like, a, like to make a couple of comments on the way through, we'll be doing it. Uh, within reason. The word week in the Hebrew is simply seven. Just look up Strong's and Cons. Wherever you see the word week, it simply is the word seven. It's a Hebrew word meaning seven. So 77s are determined, literally marked off upon your people. So 77s is seven, uh, 77s is 490 years are marked off. So the Lord is saying to Gabriel, 77s, which equal a period of 490 years, a period of time, is marked off upon your people. Determined, that word determined literally means to be marked off upon thy people. Now, this will help balance out some things I yesterday, yesterday and what we can get to chapter 11. has to do with the Jew. Okay, Israel we say the day of the Jew. Thy people and upon thy holy city, Jerusalem. So Judah and Jerusalem. City, 70 weeks prophecy. And then he, he says six things that have happened. I can't give an exposition, but as I said, I do want to encourage you to get hold of this textbook. Spell out the three different views on this and the view I hold or my, the school that I hold. Full details there, so strongly recommend that. Uh, so, uh, number one, to finish the transgression. Number two, to make an end of sins. Number three, to make reconciliation for iniquity. Number four, to bring in everlasting righteousness. Number five, to seal up the vision of prophecy. And number six, to anoint the most holy. So, within this period of time, of 490 years, somehow, somewhere, this period of time, uh, 490 years, uh, six things were to happen. One, two, three, four, five, six. So, six things, these clauses. 70 weeks, 490 years are marked off in order to do this. So, within this period of time, all these things are to happen. Alright, now in verse 25. Know therefore and understand that from point of beginning, 
from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build, not to restore and rebuild the temple, but to restore, build and restore Jerusalem, the city, unto the Messiah, the Prince. All right, let's do this. I don't want to, uh, as I said, it, it, it's all in the book, but I need to do a little bit. So from, so there's going to be a point of commencement from the going forth of some commandment unto Messiah the Prince. So somewhere the Messiah is going to be made manifest. And we know he already has the first time. So from and unto. There, there your points. Beginning point and ending point. So from then, you'll notice he breaks the prophecy up into four sections. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, uh, the Prince shall be, <coughs> let's break up the uh, divisions of the week, seven weeks and three score and two weeks, that's 66, uh, 62, pardon me, that's 62 and seven, that's 69 weeks. So th this is his division, not mine. It's his. So, uh, unto Messiah the Prince shall be seven, seven, seven weeks, seven, uh, seven, seven, forty-nine, and three score and two weeks. Then the streets shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. And after three score and two weeks, and after this period of time here, what's going to happen? Messiah will be cut off. Oh, so that brings me to the cross. So, okay, when was the Messiah cut off? Messiah was cut off on the cross. He was wounded for our transgression. He was cut off. So cut off. But not for himself. Then, and the people of the prince that shall come, and this is the controversial thing, whether the prince is Antichrist or Titus, the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. I'll say this here because what I believe and the other views are there, that in AD 70, Prince Titus came and destroyed the city and the sanctuary. And the end thereof shall be with a flood, and unto the end of the war, desolations are determined. Your house is left unto you desolate. And he, and the basic division here is that he is either Christ or Antichrist. I used to say it was the Antichrist, had great anointings on it until I found I was wrong. I believe it's referring to the Lord Jesus Christ. He will confirm the covenant. What covenant? The Abrahamic covenant, the covenant that God made with the fathers. With many for one week, the 70th week. We've already got seven weeks, 62 weeks, which is 69 weeks. There's only one week, and it's the one week that is the most controversial. That's why it's referred to Daniel's 70th week prophecy. And notice what he does with this week. He will confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the middle of the week, this 70th week, what happens? He, not Antichrist, but Christ, he will cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease. And when Jesus died on the cross, according to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 1, he caused. See, the prophecy basically concerns Christ. He's the one that makes. Uh, finishes the transgression. He's the one that makes an end of sin. He's the one that bring, uh, makes reconciliation for iniquity. He's the one that brings in everlasting righteousness. 
He's the one that makes the covenant. He's the end of all vision and prophecy. Nothing to do with the Antichrist. We just put that in there. We'll see. Okay? It's him. So what happens? Seven weeks, 62 weeks, and this 70th week is actually divided into the two. So we have half week. In the middle of the week, he... And so Jesus, we find, this should be over here, Jesus, we find, ministered for three and a half years in the gospel, half a week. Then, what the prophecy says, and for the overspreading, literally a wing that is spread over, for the overspreading of abominations, period of time, and Daniel gets nothing about the last half of the week. He's taken to the cross, which should be here, and left there. He's given the 490 years, but he doesn't know, well, I've got seven weeks, I've got 62 weeks, I've got half a week where Messiah is cut off in the midst of the week, and then there's an overspreading period, which we see now as the church age. But what about this last half of the week? What about this half week, which is three and a half years? What about it? That's what he's all confused about. Okay, so let's finish the, the scripture, and then I want to put it on the overhead. And he, so either Christ or any Christ, I believe it's Christ, will confirm the covenant of many for one week. In the middle of the week, he will cause a sacrifice and oblation cease by his own sacrifice and oblation. And for the overspreading of abominations, he will make it desolate until when? Even until the consummation, the end. And that determined will be poured upon the desolate. Your house is left unto you desolate. Now, I hope you can see this all right, but I'd like you to take down basically the three views. And, and the reason I need to do this is because what I want to say in Revelation chapter 11, 12, 13, and onwards is based on this, right or wrong, okay? So I'd like you to take down these magnificent diagrams. It's called modern art. Okay. <laughs> All right, the first view that we need just to briefly touch on is what is referred to as the dispensational view. Now, I do want you to bear with me on this. I want you to take it down. And I taught this for years. Uh, Schofield, basically, dispensationalism, ultra-dispensationalism. And I taught it for years. Had great anointings on it until I found I was wrong. Okay, so now, you'll find in the three different views that we're touching on, there's uh, basic agreement on the first, uh, first part, as we'll see. So the dispensational view, and that, by that we mean Schofield, Larkin, and uh, a lot of, say, the different denominations who have any clue on eschatology. Some haven't got one clue, but those who do. So they agree with the seven weeks, and remember the word week is seven. So seven sevens of 49 years. I, I, can't, I can't do exposition on it. Uh, as I said, I'm pointing to that book there where I do it very fully, the three schools. Then, 62 weeks. Then this dispensational view say, okay, 69, 69 weeks have happened, then Jesus dies on the cross. Then comes in the church age, or the church period, 2,000 years, whatever, without setting any dates. Then the dispensational view says, there's one week yet to be fulfilled. And that one week is seven years, which is the Great Tribulation. Then at the end of the seven years tribulation, we have the second coming of Christ, and we have a Jewish millennium. Now I need to briefly explain this, because when we get to Revelation 20, I need to do, uh, just say a little bit more. 
by a Jewish millennium is that the dispensational view believe that in the Jewish millennium, uh, that the Jews will be the head of the nations, uh, the temple of Ezekiel is going to be built, and we're going to offer animal sacrifices again, circumcision, Sabbath days. God is going to, uh, this is my word now, God's going to backslide the other side of the cross <laughs> and reinstitute the Mosaic covenant, and the Jews are going to be the head of the nations, all the nations are going to go after Jerusalem, Keep the Feast of Tabernacles and they're going to come under a curse. That is a Jewish millennium. Okay, that is basically dispensational view. Now I've done four details and said in the text. So seven weeks, 62 weeks, one week, the 70th week, the most controversial week, down here, seven years tribulation, then a Jewish millennium. Everybody, you don't have to agree with this, but everybody understand what I'm saying there. Ask your question. Yes. It's really important to get this because otherwise I have to sort of try and justify what I'm saying and say, well, why? I want to do it here. All right, the second school, second major school, is called the R Millennial View. I won't put anybody on the spot where you are here. In the schools, I put myself on the spot. But I have a lot of friends, I have lots of friends and a few enemies in the, in the first school because they think I'm backslidden. So no, I'll just change my mind. Okay. The, the, the next major view, and I think God is using this view to shape the extreme of this. So the amillennial view on the 70-week prophecy is basically the same in the first part. But listen to the only difference. Okay, basic agreement on the seven weeks, 49 years. Basic agreement on the 62 weeks of 434 years. And then this is where the amillennial view say. No, you cannot take 69 weeks of prophecy and then stick 2,000 years gap between 69 weeks which have been continuous time fulfillment and then what authority do you stick 2,000 years gap there and stick the 70th week down the end of the age and get seven years tribulation and base the rapture on the secret rapture at the beginning of the seven years. Where do you get that from? So it's an overreaction. So they say... And as I said, it's in the text, and I've got plenty of textbooks I've read on this. They say, no, Christ ministered for three and a half years, as we've got here. Then he was cut off in the midst of the week, fulfilled the covenant, new covenant, Abrahamic covenant, so forth and so forth. Then they say the last half of the week was about the death of Stephen. They can't give an exact date, and they can't prove that the three and a half years after the cross that Stephen was stoned to death. And in a reaction against the Jewish millennium, they say, no, the 70-week prophecy is all over and done with. Half a week, Christ is cut off in the midst of the week. Wednesday, not Good Friday. It's interesting, it's Wednesday today, isn't it? Eh? Yeah. No, good things. <laughs> be prophetic, isn't it? All <laughs> <Or> pathetic. <laughs> okay, then the half week here. Then, in reaction against the Jewish millennium, that God's not going to backslide and reinstitute the Mosaic covenant, the Aaronic priesthood, circumcision, Sabbath days, and everything like that, they say, no, uh, uh, we are in the millennium king millennial kingdom now. The church and the kingdom are one and the same thing, and the thousand years is simply symbolic. And at the end of this church age, or kingdom, the thousand years symbolic, Satan is bound, Satan is not deceiving the nations now. 
You know, my little fun and that. So if Satan is bound now, who's carrying on his job? Right. <laughs> and then they say, well, he's on the long chain. Yeah. <laughs> and being an Australian, I say, well, why don't you pull it? <laughs> yeah, and flush it. They say, you have a bow. <laughs> and I say, okay. Yeah, and I said, that's the biggest deception if the nations are not being deceived now. Why does Paul, in every epistle he writes to Pentecostal church, he says, be not deceived, be not deceived, be not deceived. If Satan is not, you know, if Satan's bound now, what's all his little demons doing? Anyway, so I disagree agreeably with that. I said, if you're in your thousand years rest, have fun. Mine's coming. <laughs> so that's basically, so it's one extreme overreacting against the other extreme. Okay, now, the third view is what I call, and I ask the Lord to give me some little thing to identify myself with, is what I call a Christian millennial view. Okay, so while the Schofield view has a Jewish millennium, and the R millennium said there is no future millennium, we're in a power, Christian millennial view holds this. Are you enjoying this? Yes. Okay, so Christian millennial view follows basically the same as dispensational Christian, uh, I mean, our mill on this, the seven weeks, 49 years, 62 weeks, 434 years, all over and done with. Now, I would agree with the our millennial view on this, that Christ was cut off in the midst of the week and uh, the clauses of this prophecy, most of them fulfilled. We still have vision and prophecy with us, so forth. So half a week. And we find that when we study the Gospels, Jesus ministered for three and a half years. He ministered at four Passovers. The fourth one was his. And when he gives the parable of the, of the, uh, the, the fig tree, I think it is, the vineyard, uh, he says, look, uh, these three years I come, no fruit. And uh, the husband has said, let it go for one more year, four years. What you find is six months of John the Baptist's ministry, Three and a half years of Christ's ministry dealt with in the text there. Then Christ is cut off in the midst of the week. Then picking up the prophecy. So the angel Gabriel gives Daniel the divisions of the prophecy. Seven weeks, 62 weeks in which various events happen. Spelled out very clearly there. Then half a week where he confirms the couple with many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he is cut off. So after three and a half years, Christ is cut off on Calvary, not for himself, but for our transgression. Then we have the overspreading, literally a period of time spread over unto the consummation. Then we say, well, where's the final half? Daniel is taken by Gabriel, and rightly so, to the cross, and he's left at the cross. But he doesn't figure out, well, what about this other half week? Where, where's that other three and a half years? So just... I just, yeah, something's missing here. So though he gets the 490 years, 49 years, 434 years, three and a half years, three and a half years, he's only taken to the cross and given enough interpretation of what would happen in these weeks. He still can't figure that out. Then, for me, I have a Christian millennium, and by a Christian millennium, I believe this. I'm not in the millennium now. If this is a thousand years rest, you could fool me. 24 sessions in one week. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dr. Hong Sing says, oh, just couldn't you speak to the leaders Tuesday night? Just, just for, it'll just be a short. Just, it'll be easy. You don't have to study. You just, it's, yeah. 
make it more easy, just could you get here for Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> this is the great tribulation. <laughs> So, uh, so trying to balance out here, see, so I wouldn't hold a, I no longer hold a Jewish millennium. I don't believe for one minute that we're going to uh, have a rebuilt temple for animal sacrifices. I mean, one man told me in Australia many years ago, he said, Kevin, you know what God's doing with you? I said, sometimes I wonder. He said, God is preparing you as a priest in the church so that in the millennial kingdom you'll be able to offer animal sacrifices. <laughs> For all the nations that go up to Jerusalem, I say, well, heaven forbid and Kevin forbid. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, dear, dear, dear. That is the greatest insult to Calvary. Yes. Yeah. It's an abomination and the greatest insult to the body and blood of Christ to think that God is going to forsake the new covenant, take us back to the... You see, Christians may backslide and go to the other side of the cross, but God's not going to backslide. Of the God who reinstituted the Mosaic covenant, which he abolished at the cross, and though he said, This is my beloved son, behold the Lamb of God, this is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased, he's going to forsake the body and blood of his son and go back to the Mosaic covenant, institute circumcision, Sabbath days, material temples, bowel smells, incense, and nonsense. Oh, glory, hallelujah! <laughs> Feel what I felt? <laughs> I just felt good. Yeah, I, I, I love the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And God was never pleased with animal sacrifices. And to go back to circumcision, Sabbath days, reinstitute the Mosaic covenant as the biggest insult to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the new covenant. I'm a new covenant believer. God will never go back to the old covenant. So please tell your friends kindly. <laughs> so because. This is the reaction, so I don't hold a Jewish millennium, which I used to, and uh, our millennium is reaction against this, and say, look, don't throw out the millennium, just throw out, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, just throw out all the dirty bathwater these fellows put up here. Hang on to your millennium. So I call myself a Christian millennius. Only the saints, Christ and the saints inherit the kingdom. How many would like to come with me? Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so how many feel that helped you? They are the three basic views, and I know I'm sort of pressing this a little bit, but I really want to encourage you to get hold of this, where I'll deal fully with the views and the details, as well as this one here. Uh, there, yeah, okay. So, let's see where we're up to. So, now. We need now to go to our problem here. So I want you to go now. So, okay, here's the problem we've got to answer now. So, okay, Kevin, if there's not no seven years tribulation, oh, well, let, let's put this up. Okay, we need to do this. Now, the Schofield view or the dispensational view, and some of you may have come from that background, and uh, I try to be kind on this because uh, I believe this myself for many years. This is the dispensational view on the 70 week prophecy. The other weeks, forget of their past history, it's the 70th week that is the most controversial. Okay, so the dispensational school, I'd like to encourage you to take this down, they teach that there is seven years great tribulation. And in that seven years tribulation, the Antichrist will reign 
and that the Antichrist is going to make a covenant with the Jews for seven years. And in the midst of those seven years, in the midst of the week, Antichrist is going to break the covenant and then there will be great tribulation. That's basically so. They teach that the church will have the rapture, which is a secret coming, where Christ comes as a thief in the night for his saints. Then they say at the end of the seven years tribulation, there's the revelation, which is the open coming of Christ, where Christ comes in glory, fire with his, uh, and angels with his saints. So that's basically dispensationalism. Okay, seven years. Now, the weaknesses eventually I found of that, and listening to other teachers and studying uh, further views on this, I eventually found that there are 57 sevens in the book of Revelation. There is no period of seven years to be found in Daniel or Revelation unless you misinterpret the 70-week prophecy. Now, what I did find was this. There are eight references to three and a half years Never one to seven. Now, as I say to my friends, if you want seven years, help yourself, but don't, don't, don't lose your second blessing. Don't get un unsanctified over it, okay? Let's disagree agreeably. This is why I believe. So that's basically dispensationalism. Now, with the Armillennial view, they say this is all over and done with. That's it. The, uh, the 70 week prophecies, forget it. Uh, it's history, forget it. All right, has everybody got this down? All right, right, right both hands. I'll have a drink of holy water. Okay, just, uh, so just one more quick run through. See, so dispensationalism, the 70th week, as you can see, is the most controversial. Great tribulation, seven years. So at the beginning of the seven years, secret rapture, Christ coming as a thief in the night for his saints. Then seven years tribulation, when the Antichrist breaks the covenant with the Jews. Then the revelation, open coming of Christ, where Christ comes in glory, fire names with his saints. So they have two comings, secret coming, open coming, invisible, visible. That's basically uh, Scofield. Okay, how's everybody doing now? You done that? Yes. Thank you. Now, I want you to turn to these scriptures with me, then I'll put them on the overhead at the end here. I want to give you... How are we doing on time? I want to give you eight references to three and a half years. And so if you, you know, you're ever talking about this thing, so like Kevin kind of believes in three and a half years, at least you know why I believe it and not seven. So number one, I want you to look at these scriptures just because of the nature uh, of it. Um, let's go to Daniel chapter seven. Now we're still in Daniel because I believe John swallowed the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 7, and uh, where we'll go to Daniel 7 and verse 25. We'll just lead into it. But, uh, please try and just keep it at the back of your mind, or halfway at the back of your mind. John has eaten the book of Daniel, and he's starting to use Daniel's language. So in um, Daniel 7, I'll pick up in verse uh, 15. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit within my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near to one of those who stood by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. These great beasts, which are four, are four kings which shall which arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom uh, forever, even forever and ever. Then I wish to know the... Um, 
uh, truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all the others, exceeding dreadful, with his teeth of iron, his nails of bronze, which devoured, broken pieces and trampled residue with his feet, and the ten horns that were on his head, and the other horn, which came up before which three fell, namely the horn that had eyes and a mouth that spoke pompous words, whose appearance was greater than his fellows. So I was watching, and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them until the Ancient of Days came and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. Then we, we get the interpretation about the fourth kingdom. It will be terrible. Verse 24, the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise. And then verse 25 is your first key here. And he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High not in the Tongling Seminary, so I'm not the little horn, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and dividing of time. Now, Daniel has not got the 70-week prophecy yet, but the first thing he gets here is time, times, and a half time. Three and a half years. A time represents a year, times two years, Half a time, dividing of time, three and a half years. So, now if that little horn, which most believe it's the Antichrist, if the Antichrist is going to reign for seven years, why didn't he get seven times? Because in the book of Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar was insane for seven times, furnace was heated seven times, right through the book of Daniel, seven times, seven times, seven times, but never once referred to the seven week prophecies. Time, times, and half a time. All right. So that's uh, the first one. Turn over Daniel 12 again. <laughs> Daniel chapter 12. And for your notes, you can put verses 5 to um, 15. We won't read it all. But Daniel 12, verse 5 to 15. Okay, so uh, pick up at verse 4 again. Uh, o Daniel, shout the words and seal the book to the time of the end. So the time of the end, not the end of time, but the time of the end. Many will run to and fro, knowledge will be increased. Then Daniel sees 2 in verse 5. Verse 6, he asks the man clothed in linen, how long will it be to the end of these wonders? Listen to verse 7 to the answer. And I heard the man clothed um, in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand, and his left hand under heaven, and swear by him that live forever and ever, that it shall be for a time, times, and half a time. When he shall have accomplished the, to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things will be finished when? Time, times, and half a time. Not seven times, but time, time, and half a time. That's three and a half years. And notice, I heard... But I understood not. Now you've got to see from Daniel's point of view because Daniel thinks, oh, I've got all these things here. I've got time, times, and half time of this little horn that's going to wear out the saints of the most high. Then in Daniel 9, I get this 490 years and I'm given seven weeks, 42, uh, uh, 62 weeks, and half a week, and there's a half a week missing. I just, I just, you know, I heard, but I understood not. I just can't connect Daniel 7 and Daniel 9 and Daniel 12. I just. Look, Daniel, go your way. It's sealed to the time of the end. Now, let's go over to the book of Revelation. Everybody still breathing out there? Yes. Let's turn over to Revelation. Okay. 
And I want you now to turn to Revelation chapter 11. Revelation chapter 11. All right, now, go, go back to chapter 10 for a moment and let's get the sequence of thought here because there were no chapter divisions when uh, John wrote the book of Revelation. So in, in, um, in uh, Revelation chapter 10, and I'm reading from verse 7 in the old authorized here, uh, New, uh, New King James, basically the same. But in the days, plural, what days? Of the voice of the seventh angel when he shall begin or when he is about to sound... So days. Now the moment we get to chapter 11, the first mention of days we have is verse 3. I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1260 days. 1260 days is three and a half years. 30 days a month according to the prophetic calendar, not seven. Three and a half years. 1260 days. So in the days of the voice of the seventh angel when he would begin to sound. So there's going to be 1260 days in which the two witnesses are going to be prophesying in Jerusalem. We'll, we'll deal with that next session. Okay? So 1260. Then go to reference, uh, the next reference here. Uh, chapter 11 and verse 3. Uh, I'm sorry, chapter, chapter 11, verse 2, I want, first of all, sorry. But the court which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. Forty and two months is three and a half years. Then verse 3, the next reference, 1260 days. So whether you say 1260 days, 42 months, time, times, and half a time, it's all one and the same period of time. Never seven years. Alright, let's go to chapter 12 now. Revelation 12. So what we're finding here is that Revelation chapter 11, chapter 12, and chapter 13 all deal with three and a half years, three and a half years, three and a half years. And, you know, I do it as kindly as I can because I, I'm first a Christian, then an Australian. Okay? When I talk with my brothers on this, they say, well, show me in Revelation where the seven years tribulation begins. I can give you one, two, three, four, five references of three and a half years, but find me seven years. Well, they, well, they say it must be somewhere there. I say, well, find it for me. Because, you see, the rapture... The secret rapture is built on the seven years. And if you can't find the seven years, it sort of ruptures the secret rapture. <laughs> okay, now I believe in a rapture, but not a sneaky one. I want to go out victorious. Anybody like to come with me? I don't want to go out with my tail between my legs. I, I don't want to have this concept, which I use it, that Jesus is up in heaven and saying, Oh, Father, there's my poor little church down there. Motley-looking crew. Do you think I ought to rescue them by a secret rapture before the devil gets them all? No, he's coming for a glorious church, a victorious church, without spot or evil. Amen? That's, that's the church I'm after. Thank you, Kevin, for the excellent point. Okay, so let's go to Revelation chapter 12. The next reference we have is in verse 6. So in Revelation chapter 6. And you see, once we get hold of this, because in my understanding after 54 years, the 70-week prophecy is the master key to Daniel and Revelation. 
Everybody's interpretation, includes mine, comes out of what they do with the 70-week prophecy, right or wrong. It's the master key. So if you throw away 70-week prophecy, you're throwing away the key to both books. Because everybody, doesn't matter which school that I've mentioned here, doesn't matter what school, everybody's interpretation or understanding comes out what they do with the 70-week prophecy. So get the key wrong, then everything else is thrown out. That's why I felt I need to do a whole session here. Right, Revelation chapter 12, and listen to verse 6. Where is it? And the woman fled into the wilderness. And you see, we're not going to understand these chapters unless we understand the time element. Revelation 11, 12, and 13, and onwards, all deal with the same time element. And if it's the last half of Daniel's seminary prophecy, then it belongs to the end of the age. Just prior to the second coming of Christ. You can't say, oh, well, that's that, and this, that should be back there. So you can't do that. The time element is, gives us a key. Three and a half years. So, verse 6. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she has a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there, a thousand two hundred and three score days, twelve hundred sixty days. Again, three and a half years, or time, times, and half a time. All right, John's going to make sure we get the point. Go to verse fourteen, the next reference. And the woman, same woman, it's up here, was given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place, where she was nourished for a time and times. And half a time. Well, John, you said 12, 60 days up there. Well, just in case you didn't get it, Kevin, time, times, and half time. Where'd you get that, John? Well, I got that from Daniel. Oh, okay, I've spotted the book. I'm regurgitating it. Okay. Time, times, and half a time from the face of serpent. Okay, let's go to the next reference. Not seven times, time, times, and half time. Let's go to the next reference in Revelation chapter 13. Now, remember, chapter 11 concerns three and a half years for the two witnesses. Chapter 12 concerns the woman, and I'll just say here, I believe the church, in three and a half years. Chapter 13 concerns the beast from Daniel 7 that has seven heads and ten horns, same period of time, same period of time. So if you throw away the master key, the time element, you throw the whole thing out. That's what's happened. Revelation chapter 13, now we're looking at the beast with seven heads and ten horns, and in verse 5, And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. Forty and two months is three and a half years. Alright, everybody get that? Now, you've already got it, but here it is. This is where I'm coming from. So I believe that the great tribulation is referred to is the final half of the 70th week, and I'll put these eight references together now. Number one, Daniel 9, 24 to 27, in the midst of the week, Messiah is cut off. Nothing is said about the last half of the week. Daniel 7, which he gets before Daniel 9, he gets time, time and a half a time, where the little horn is making war with the saints. Three and a half years. In this, he gets the, the, the 490 years, but he's only taken to 69 and a half of the weeks. There's still half a week that he doesn't quite understand. Daniel 12, time, times, and half a time, and everything will be finished. I heard, but I understood not. 
Daniel Fagetta, shout up the word, seal the book to the time of the end. It's going to be given to a New Testament apostle. You're an Old Testament prophet. I'm going to give it to John. You'll find out when you get to heaven. <laughs> Number four, the two witnesses minister for 40 and two months, three and a half years. Revelation 11, the two witnesses minister for 12, 60 days, three and a half years. Revelation 12, the woman representing the church is preserved in the wilderness 1260 days, three and a half years. Not 1260 years as some take it. Prove that. 1214, the woman is also preserved time, times and half a time. And then Revelation 13, 42 months. So when you say time, times and half a time, 42 months, 1260 days, it's all simply three and a half years. So eight references convince me that the tribulation is three and a half years, not seven. So how many understand why I believe what I believe? Ask your question. Alright, so now, you know, the burden of proof, and, and, and as I said, I, I try to be kind and right in my spirit on this, because I used to believe the other theory. But when I was put on the spot, find me seven years tribulation. Nobody can find it unless you misinterpret Daniel's 70 weeks. And you put the 70th week down the end of the age, but it's nowhere to be found in Daniel Revelation because he's got half a week before he gets the 70 week prophecy, then he gets it in 12, and he doesn't understand the seal of the old time there. Then one, two, three, four, five references. John says three and a half years, never seven years. All right, so that's what I believe on that. Now, just before we take a break, you're surviving? Yes. Everybody blowing bubbles? <laughs> So, if, if that is the master key of 70 week prophecy, this is what you've got now, and this makes it easy to proceed. Alright, so three and a one half years, and these are your master keys. Great tribulation, reign of the Antichrist beast. So, Revelation chapter 11, the two witnesses. Revelation chapter 12, all controversial chapters, of course, the church. Revelation 13, the beast. The false prophet, the image worship, the mark of the beast. That's all time element. Three and a half years, three and a half years. Revelation 14, the, the beast in warnings against taking the mark of the beast. Revelation 15 and 16, the bowls of the wrath of God on all those who take the mark. Then we have the seven bowls, uh, the, yeah, seven bowls of the wrath of God. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The wrath of God is experienced in this period of time here. Revelation 17, the woman, the Babylon, harlot. And then Revelation 18, the city called by the same name. Revelation 19, the second coming. So Revelation chapter 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, all belong in this period of time. And that would be what, we, what is called progressive parallelism. Three and a half years, what happens in Jerusalem? Three and a half years, what about the church? Three and a half years, what about the world and image worship, Antichrist, Mark of the Beast? Three and a half years, wrath of God. Three and a half years, Babylon. Three and a half years, Revelation 19, second coming, Revelation 20,000 years. So if we get this master key, these are all the events. And another reason I've said this, because I said it yesterday, it's the time element that gives me the key to these chapters, because the same time element is mentioned in chapter 11, 12, and 13, and also the first mention of the beast 
is Revelation chapter 11, verse 7, which we did before. And the last mention of the beast is, almost the last mention, is when Jesus comes a second time and casts the beast and the false prophet into the lake of fire. So the beast, the beast, the wild beast, mentioned 37 times in these chapters. So they're my two master keys. Three and a half years, the beast. Where did I get it from? Daniel. The beast reigns three and a half years. That's the key. So those chapters belong in that period of time. Have you understood all these things? Have you understood some of these things? Yes. How many have got a tired brain? Take a break. Be sure to visit kevinconnor.org for more information about Kevin, his books, and his ministry.